The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. This is the Afternoon News on Edmonton's News and Conversation Station, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We're on location at the Mazinkowski Alberta Heart Institute at the University of Alberta Hospital. It's our annual 6.30 Chet Heart Pledge Day. We've got a lofty target this afternoon. We're trying to reach $157,000 raised to support the Institute last year. We're looking to almost uh, triple that. We need $400,000 to be raised today. We're optimistic that we're going to be able to do that, but we can only do it with your help. To donate to the 6.30 Chet Heart Pledge, Day, simply pick up the phone and call 780-407-2200 or go to heartpledgeday.ca. And when you call 780-407-2200, it'll be uh, volunteers from Nurse Next Door that will be answering the phone. Our sponsors in this hour uh, are presenting sponsor, Durabelt Windows and Doors, our Heartwall sponsor, uh, Rosano Transport, and as I mentioned just a moment ago, our hourly sponsor, manning the phones behind us, Nurse Next Door. Yeah, is my microphone? It is on. Okay, so we're, we're going to talk to the Director of Research uh, with the Division of Cardiac Surgery here at the hospital coming up uh, very shortly, Dr. Uh, Jayan Gendron. So he's going to be joining us, and I always love talking to him. He's always fantastic. Yes. So I want to thank uh, a whole bunch of folks who have taken the time to call uh, 780-407-2200 this afternoon or gone online at heartpledgeday.ca and made a donation. Just uh, if you've owned $100 out of Edmonton, Mary, $25, Mark, $250, Elden in Leduc, shout out to you, uh, $100 there. Arlene in Edmonton, $50. Wendy in Athabasca, uh, $100. And you know what? Had a really great email just a little while ago. Here it is. It's from Eleanor. Now listen to this story, Andrew. Uh, it says, my husband and I witnessed firsthand the remarkable healthcare team at the Mass. On New Year's Day 2019, I brought my husband to the uh, University of Alberta Hospital Emergency Department because of early warning signs of heart issues. Randy ended up having quadruple coronary bypass surgery. From the moment we set foot in the emergency department to the day Randy was discharged and beyond, we were blown away by the love, support, and care that Randy experienced. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. A thousand dollar donation. Wow. They know firsthand what is going on. Fabulous. So, you know, yeah. we, we talk and we've been talking all day here on uh, 630 Chet Heart Pledge Day about what a great treatment facility, world class treatment facility uh, the Mazinkowski is. But of course, the other aspect of the Mazinkowski is uh, Research. And we're joined right now by the Director of Research, Division of Cardiac Surgery, uh, Dr. Uh, Jayan Nagendran. Nagendran. There you go, Nailed Dr. It. Nagendran. <laughs> Great to see you again. I know we spoke last year as well. How have you been? I've been very well. Thank you for having us and, and, and hosting this event again. Such an important day for us here at the Mazinkowski. It, you know, and for us as well at 630, Chad. So let's start right away and get this out so it doesn't get missed. Uh, as I just mentioned in introducing you, we talk about the Mazinkowski. We talk about world-class hospitals in general, about treatment and about outcomes. Um, but an aspect of the hospital is research. And how? just talk about that and, and the kind of research that goes on here at the Mazinkowski. Well, it's uh, really been a tremendous effort to um, support all aspects of patient care. And in that effort, innovation is a big part of it. And, and for true innovation to happen, there needs to be a strong academic or research focus. And we've been extremely privileged here in, in support from the Mazinkowski through the Hospital Foundation to really be part of 
leading research internationally. Um, the type of work being done here currently, some of the work with um, ex vivo organ perfusion, which is tech. Come on, man. What does that mean? What does so that mean? That, that means that um, these days we take organs that we would have never used. In fact, I, I did this day before yesterday. <laughs> took a set of lungs that were 100% not usable, and we were able to take those lungs outside of the donor's body and place them on a machine to show that we could actually turn those lungs around and actually we transplanted those lungs and that patient's doing brilliantly well. You did that a day and a half ago? We've done seven to date and um, the last one was a couple I of ordered days a ago. pizza a day and yeah, a half no, ago. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of the reasons wow. why you want to be friends with him. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, you know, I've, I've had friends um, die waiting on the lung transplant uh, list. Uh, they've had cystic fibrosis um, and, you know, there's that balance of needing to be sick enough to get the transplant and healthy enough to survive it. But to have enough donors um, uh, to have the lungs available, uh, that's a challenge as well. This changes it. This is a game changer. That's the exact term. It is a game changer. Um, we currently, sadly, of those precious few donors we get offered, yeah. only use about one in four of those offers. It's very clear to us now that we could potentially double that rate of use just because we know that many of those organs may not seem suitable inside the donor for many reasons. But if we're able to take it out of that, and we've created that device here um, in, in collaboration with the Mazankowski, and we've now used it in seven patients for the first time mm. in the world. That's, ma- that's, like, that's almost... A little bit of magic. Were you going to say magic? Yeah, Yeah, it was. So listen, I can't think of a way to make this question sound any smarter, so it's just going to sound stupid, all right? It's a heart institute. Um, You're talking about lung transplants, though, so what's the connection? So the uh, the Heart Institute also supports lung transplantation, and all lung transplantation occurs at the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute. Um, but in that in that effort, we've started with lungs in ex vivo perfusion. Uh, Dr. Darren Freed, my colleague, who's who's the other half of the lab there that I'm a part of. Uh, is focusing on developing ex vivo heart perfusion technology. Wow, so same idea. Same idea, and what's really needed in that scenario is he's a pediatric heart surgeon, and we actually have nothing to support these infant hearts outside of the body, and, and he's helping create the first devices for that intention. And I think it's important to note that the MAS is home to the largest adult and pediatric heart-lung transplant program in Western Canada. Correct. That's, uh, that's something else. Now, when you're working with lungs, very delicate, aren't, that, that's how, how I picture in my head that they'd be very delicate. Are, is that fair? That, that's a very fair statement in that to appreciate what those organs really needed outside of the body, we had to be people who are involved with doing that process to know how to keep that delicate organ in a not further damaged state outside of the body. So what what was really unique with what we've done here is help those lungs breathe in a way that no other devices have done to date that won't harm those lungs anymore. It's not like a ventilator blowing air into those lungs. We're able to let those lungs expand on their own by putting a vacuum pressure on top of them, like hmm. how we breathe right now. Right, so the, so that it's, it's sort of uh, it would be the same 
feel or, or pressure that would be if the lungs were in the, still in the body? That's exactly right. Just like how our chest expands and our diaphragm contracts to allow air to come in, we're able to cause that outside of the body for those lungs instead huh. of blowing air in like an ICU ventilator. You know, I have to ask, because you can't, you know, cure cancer every day if you're a researcher. You can't, uh, you know, save a life every day or find a new uh, method to save a life. What drives you every day? There must be tons of failures along the way. There must be long periods of waiting to see the outcome of experiments. You know, what, what drives me are the patient success stories. Uh, I know earlier today you guys had Andrea Van Dam on. She was a, a cousin of, of one of my patients, Karen Hamilton who was a real pioneer and, and, and courageous person to help get us started down this path of research. And it's those type of successes that, that burn the fire in people like Darren Freed and myself. Uh, we are very busy. We each do over 200 open heart surgeries a year. On top of that, we run the lab. That's that's fun. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, it's 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 amazing. Is yeah, is amazing what, is a better word. I've always when you're. I know this is just your job. I know this is what you do and what you've trained for. But for the rest of us sitting on the outside looking in, what you do is for us. It's it's mind blowing and it's it's incredible and it's amazing. What is it like for you to? you know, have that chest open and whatever and, and seeing that new heart or those new lungs start working for that patient? There are surreal moments, I, I have to say, because, you know, you sometimes have your heart in your throat and taking a risk trying to do something that's maybe not necessarily been done before. Um, but the reward is tremendous. The opportunity to help Albertans and society in this way where we're so uniquely funded to not just be clinicians but also be translational scientists is very unique. It's yeah. different than it was when I practiced uh, in the United States Stanford University wow. because there you're either a researcher or you're a surgeon. Here you can be both. Hmm. So maybe that answers my next question but I understand why you do what you do but why do you do it at the Mass? Well, there's no doubt in my mind that this is the premier institute in the country um, for the care that we deliver. There's nowhere else in Canada where you can have an 80-year-old operated on next door to a two-day-old, hmm. and, and both of them have world-class outcomes. And, and that is really unique at the MAS. And on that same day, you can have a, a transplant with ex vivo organ perfusion being performed with a device that was developed through funding from the MAS. So it's really something that I could not have envisioned uh, until I started here and, and saw the opportunity that um, we've really had uh, a privilege to be a part of. You know, I'm, I'm curious as well. I'm sorry, Jay. Oh, no, you know what? Because I, I literally, I was, I've just been in... Enthralled? No, I've, I've been in tears because... I've had three friends die waiting for lung transplants. I've had two friends who've had lung transplants. And I've seen... I've seen... This is amazing. Yes. It is amazing. Three friends die waiting for lungs. And you want that doctor not to be the story moving forward, obviously. That, that's exactly right. And you talk about people being too sick or or not sick enough and and if we could better match organs and get more organs used then we don't have to wait till people are in true dire straits we could we could take them in a in a better condition so they potentially could have a better outcome after transplantation as well and 
And not only are we trying to just use more organs, but with these type of endeavors, we have an opportunity to improve the quality of those organs in ways that it might allow them to work better in the patient after transplantation. You know, and that's what I wanted to ask you, and I, I, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, so it's hard sometimes for me to ask a question that doesn't sound like there should be a punchline to it, but when you come up with an idea, like I want to take unusable lungs and I want to regenerate them or whatever the term is you use... Uh, who do you go to and say, here's my idea? If it's, you know, never been done before or if it's in- incredibly, it's an incredible reach to think that you could do this. I mean, is that part of working at the Maz, that any idea is possible? It, it really is. We've been supported at the Maz um, through the Hospital Foundation to really reach for the stars, to do things that are bold and um, to consider things that no one else would probably give us the funding to try. And with the proof of concept studies that we've done in our lab, moving into human lungs before transplantation, and now finally transplanting them in in support with the um, Alberta Transplant um, Fund, uh, we've been able to do things that really even in my own mind, was science fiction before we started. Hmm. So how do we bridge the gap between what you're telling us and about this fabulous facility and what Jaylen Nye is saying about friends that she's lost? I mean, is, does there need to be more capacity? What needs to happen? Well, this is an important event. The public awareness side of it is huge. There are many patients who could benefit from lung transplantation or are too scared to even consider it because they think that they're not going to have a good outcome if they had the procedure or they think that there's people who are sicker than them and so they'd never have an opportunity for Mm. it anyway. So public awareness is the most important factor that we're doing things that are different and we're really... Um, on, like I said, the cutting edge of, of science and translational medicine. What, what about talking to doctors who are not involved with the MAS in order to get them to refer to the MAS? Is there a challenge there at all or, or no? Well, we are geographically the most isolated cardiothoracic transplant center in the world. We do all the lung transplants and pediatric heart transplants for northern bc all of alberta all of saskatchewan all of manitoba and all of the and all of the territories so we actually encompass an over six million square kilometer catchment space which is massive and so as a result of that to go back to your question about referral base there's a huge need for um transplantation and and helping people with end-stage organ disease heart and lungs and and they all come here so that's not the problem it's serving that population the best we can now that we have these patients that need our help we um I, we could talk to you all yeah. afternoon but i know you have other things that you have to do uh, before <laughs> than talk with us. We're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, a special presentation is going to be made. Dr. Nagendran, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, and thank you for taking the time um, to join us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Hope to never see you professionally. <laughs> this hour of 630 Chad Heart Pledge Day is brought to you by Nurse Next Door. To donate, call 780-407-2200 or visit 630chad.com. Now, Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. 
It's 325. Thanks for joining us as we continue broadcasting live from the Mazankowski Alberta Heart Institute this afternoon. It's 6.30, Chet, Heart Pledge Day, and uh, thrilled to welcome Joyce Melman Law uh, with the University uh, Hospital Foundation. Joyce, thanks for popping by. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you. It's been a while. Well, it's <laughs> great to see you all here. We love Hard Pledge Day. It's our it's one of my staff was saying it's my favorite day of the year. Well, <laughs> and you know what? We also have a, a special guest on the phone joining us. It's uh, Harold Rusin. Yes. Uh, joining us, who is um, one of the foundation board members. Hi, Harold. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I've been listening to the show. It's going very well. Well, and I understand that you spent some time here? Yes, uh, almost exactly two years ago I was in the Mass. I was uh, there for quadruple bypass surgery, and uh, I'm a very grateful individual today. Joyce uh, is sitting here uh, with us, and uh, Joyce, I don't know, where do you want to take it from here? So, Harold, why not, do you want to tell us a little bit about your um, cardiac experience at the Mass and some of the people who you came in contact with, one of whom is not here today. Yeah, well, my, my surgeon was, was Dr. Rod MacArthur, and, um, you know, certainly he was, he was the, the main surgeon on the team. Uh, Dr. White was involved, Dr. Bagshaw, my personal nurse that I remember. There were so <laughs> many of them. Her name was Rama. They were all people that, that were there for me, and, you know, I, I never had any heart issues in my life. I was fine. I was uh, started to... In a workout, I started to have small bouts of angina, and um, that escalated in a very short period of time around Christmas t two years ago. Uh, someone said to me, he said, don't fool around with this. Go and see a cardiologist, which I did in, in Palm Springs, which is, which is where I, I am right now. But uh, I went to see a doctor. He gave me a stress test. He said, you should go wherever you come, you're from, and you have a problem, and we, we, you need to deal with it. And uh, he said to me, he said, if you want to get a quarter million dollar check and go to the Eisenhower Medical Center in Palm <laughs> Springs, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll take you tomorrow. But he said, I understand you're a Canadian and maybe you should consider going back to Canada, which of course I did. And, um, you know, I, I was put in contact immediately with people at the Mass and, you know, there was an angiogram done and uh, there was basically, I, I thought I might get a stint or something. Or, uh, they they all were sitting around the room, the doctors, and they said, no, this is not a stint issue. You're going to have to have a quadruple bypass. And you could have blown me away with a feather, basically. Uh, so quadruple bypass, and you and you had it. How long were you here for? And, uh, I mean, it's been two years now. How's the recovery I, I was, been? I was, I was in the hospital about nine days. And, um, you know, the surgery um, is, is done very quickly, and when you come out of it, you're... You know, in intensive care, and, and you're with a lot of people who who know what they're doing, and the skill and the commitment of these people uh, still amazes me how, how how much they care. And so, Harold, uh, Harold, as important as your story is, uh, we're going to be pushed up against the news here. So, you've called for more than just the opportunity to tell your story. Yes. I understand. I want to I, I want to donate fifty thousand today for for me and my family towards the wow. Did you just you say $50,000? I $50,000. $50,000. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Harold Rusin, uh, you, um, I, it says here in front of me, grateful patient uh, that you've gone through cardiac surgery and uh, 
What you're doing for this Radiothon today continues the legacy of what you've done in the community of Edmonton and in this province. That represents over the a years. third of what we raised That's last amazing. year. A third of what we raised last year. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm happy to do it, and I congratulate, and I just want to say, you know, you people are doing a great job, and I appreciate being able, able to, to contribute to it. Well, thank you so very much, and I hope that the snow isn't bugging you too much in Palm Springs right now. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Harold. Thank, thank you. you. All Bye-bye. right. Uh, on Bye-bye. that on that note, wow. uh, we really need to get to the 3.30 news. Joyce, thank you so much. Uh, okay, we'll be back after this. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.